Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably been hearing a lot about the stock market lately. Millions of people are beginning to invest for the first time ever. And we're realizing that the financial system should be built to work for us. That's why Robinhood is creating real human education resources, truly digestible financial news, and a platform that lets you invest in your own way, on your own terms. The next generation of investors is already here, and it includes you. Robinhood. Investing is risky. Robinhood Financial, LLC. basically because she just got through doing her last episode so in here this episode for me we're talking about family love friendship so on this episode we have my mom Romania how you doing I'm great how are you I'm good got my big brother Jermaine in here how you doing man I'm good man how you doing I'm doing good I can't complain I can't complain I don't want y'all to be nervous I know my mom gets nervous once I start talking, I know y'all motherfuckers will fuck around and start sweating and shit. You know, they like to make you sweat. Yeah, well, we all hot natured in here. Artesia and Tony was in here on the last episode with hoods and sweaters. I was on. like the hoodie. It's ninety eight degrees outside. Right. That blew my mind. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how the fuck they wearing that, but now my family's in here and we all sweating. <laughs> so, so we are here. But I, I, first of all, I want to say thanks for coming. And the reason we're doing this is because we're kind of giving our listeners a little bit more uh, information on who we are. Relax. It's pre-recorded. Everything is being recorded. But audio, video, audio is the only thing that's guaranteed to be used. Video, we may use. So relax. Don't feel like because the camera's on you, whatever. I'm just saying because most people, you know, they be uptight. So first of all, I think one of the biggest things I want to talk about is our relationship and how we all move together. We'll talk a little bit about how we grew up. We'll talk a little about how religion kind of changed our lives and set us on a different path, so on and so forth. For my family, I feel like we've always kind of called ourselves a triangle because it's always been like my mom, my brother, me. You know, our dad left when we were at a younger age, so Mm -hmm. it was kind of us. Mom was adopted. When dad left, it was kind of like that side of the family didn't really talk to us that much. With mom being adopted, we didn't know the other half of the family, so it was always just about us. So for you, mom, I wanted to ask you, like, how was it growing up or how was it? Yeah, pretty much growing up, being adopted, learning about who you are, trying to figure out who you are as a person in a different household with different parents, on to growing up, meeting our father and having us. You don't have to tell that whole long story, but (laughs) basically just tell us what it was like growing up being adopted back in your time. Well, I really didn't know I was adopted until I was at the age of 10. And my best friend, Yolanda Wise, uh, we stayed across the street from one another and we got into a disagreement. Yeah. And so in the disagreement, she let me know I was adopted because she was. Yeah. And so her family were open and told her about it, whereas mine didn't. Yeah. And so that was my inception of knowing that I was 
adopted. And so when I went to go speak to my mom about it, she was older. I had older parents. So she whooped me for asking (laughs) that question. Yes, I got a whooping for asking, am I adopted? But it was two weeks later, she sat my brother and I down, which we're not biological, we're not blood related. We're both adopted. And she began to tell us, that we were adopted and she was afraid to tell us because she didn't want us to leave. Yeah. My thought was, I'm ten years old, where am I going? Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, if you like me, you're just gonna take your, what you do have and you're just gonna leave. <laughs> just gonna... <laughs> well, everybody's not Anthony. <laughs> but uh from that point it did plant a seed um in my mind. Um but being ten, you know, it was in you know, in the you know, far far back in my mind. Yeah. But as I began to get older, then my aunts at that time, that were my adopted dad's sisters, began to tell me, you have siblings. Yeah. You have sisters. And I always desired to have a sister. So it wasn't after um, both of my adopted parents passed away that um, I found my adopt- adoption papers. Yeah. And so that began my search of who am I? Why did you, why did you, okay, well, you just answered it. Who are you? Yeah, and then once I found out that I was adopted and they were most of my relatives, I was born in Tyler, Texas, which was less than 200 miles from where we lived in Texarkana. Yeah. I did not want you all, my sons, to start dating somebody that was a relative, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I needed to find out who they were for you all so you would not be marrying and dating, you know, a relative. Yeah, doing some Arkansas shit. <laughs> yeah. Or going, and then every time I go to the doctor, I have a, a checkup. And what is um in your maternal family? What yeah. is it? Mm, I don't know. know. I was adopted. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. So I need to know what my um, family health issues were. Yeah. You know, so um, that was a part of wanting to search. And then after my parents died, after we were ostracized by my ex-husband's family and my uh, adopted, you know, family, I I, I wanted, I had a boy. Yeah, to know something. Yeah, Yeah, I had a boy up, where do I belong? You know, yeah, who am I? And many times I felt unloved, Mm -hmm. you know, and so that was another reason that I said, let me try to search to find my people. And it's so crazy when you found them, I know, I think Jermaine shared the same uh, thought process. I was like, I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. Because my mindset was if they knew you were out there mm-hmm. and they never came in search for you, why would I fucking want to deal with them? And yes, people, I curse around my mom. We have an understanding. Some people probably I had like, to get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> At a certain age, I was like, Mom, I'm about to cuss. I'm oh, grown. Guys, this is what it is. You got a little side eye during the intro. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, I that. know. I, I know exactly the part, too. <laughs> but, uh, but no, that's why I think me and Jermaine were the same because it was kind of like, where have they been? And I think we, like me and Jermaine, were always kind of like the runt or the grunts mm-hmm. of the group. Mm-hmm. I know growing up, not being funny, like our cousins would get all the great Christmas gifts and all the great toys and we be getting shit like windbreaker pants and I'm like what the fuck I'm gonna do with some windbreaker do I get a jacket with this bitch we don't even get a real winner you know what I'm saying we be sweating our shit so So I'm like what am I supposed to do with this but like we always were kind of like put on the back burner so for me when it came around it was kind of like I don't want to be around them and it was so funny because I remember and Jermaine I know he knows when me and him would get into it to hurt his feelings I would always be like that's why you adopted nigga we don't even look around I started leaving that shit yeah I literally 
literally used to always tell this motherfucker, like, you adopted. Nobody fucking wants you. You ain't even a part of us. And he'd be like, why would you say that to me? But it was like, for me, I was just wanting to say anything that, you know, that hurt you. Mm -hmm. So with, I guess I'll ask you, Jermaine, growing up, what was it like for you growing up in the household after that? Can I make a point? Yeah. Because you did say they never came to look for you. But when I did find my dad in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. he told me that he did. Yeah. But he, but he didn't know. He didn't have any information because yeah. my mom never shared, yeah. you know, what happened. Oh. But when I found my the relatives there in Tyler and mm-hmm. they had that welcome for me there, mm-hmm. then my mom's sisters told me that once they found out that mom had gave me up for adoption because my grandmother said, no, you just had a baby six months ago. You can't bring another baby. Wait, wait how does that work out? Because... Because the, I was premature. Mm-hmm. I was born in six months instead of nine months. Oh, okay, I got you. And so they didn't really wait <laughs> until she really healed before they had sex again. Right. So they gave the you up and kept the second one. But she was the first she one. She was the first. Oh, okay. And I was the second. Oh, okay, I got and you. And so I was a preemie, so I was sick, yeah. Lee. Yeah. And so they didn't they didn't want that responsibility. Mm, yeah. So my mom was eighteen, she didn't have a say so. Yeah. And so but when again, like when I said when I met the family there in Tyler, her sisters told me when they found out who had me, which was a nurse, yeah. they went to her house, my my uh aunts did, yeah. not my mom, but yeah. my aunts, trying to retrieve me. And so of course they denied and said I wasn't there. Yeah. And then they went back the next day. They had moved in the night. Yeah. So it's like they really didn't have any way of trying to find me. Yeah. My daddy didn't. Now my mama probably could have because she the one that, you know, yeah. birthed me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was like hindsight. Yeah. You know? And it's crazy because when I first time I saw the picture of your mom, I was like, Y'all look just alike. Just alike. Y'all look just alike. Only difference is she light skinned with green eyes, eyes yep. and you dark skinned with d- brown eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference. Mm-hmm. So for you, Jermaine, like what was it like being raised? You can talk about what it was like. I don't really have a lot of memories of dad. I, uh, you know what? It's so funny. I was actually having a conversation with one of my friends and I was telling her that the only memories is uh, the night that we stayed up all night playing Tecmo Bowl. It was always video games. It was always video games. The one or two times that we went to the dam and fished. Mm. And um, the one time that he cooked, he grilled the fish out on the carport um, at Papa's house. I don't remember that one. That was it. But it's crazy because I guess I always think about like, it's so funny because I watch a lot of TV. So when I watch TV or watch movies and shit, I watch things and I envision myself in certain situations. Mm Mm-hmm. And one thing I learned is growing up without a father, you may not learn things from a father, but if you watch a certain movie where a role of a father is there, mm-hmm. like just take, for instance, John Q, like right. that movie where Denzel Washington was fighting for his son. If you've never had a father, all right. I know is when I saw John Q, I was like, I want my daddy. If, I, if I'm if i ever right. a father or if I ever have a stepdaddy, I want that nigga to fight for me the way this nigga right. fought for but that you, little boy. But you know how you gonna, you gonna uh, figure out how to be a father? What's because that? you find out this is what I learned. I learned how to be a father by seeing him not be one. Oh well, I've you learned that I mean? too. But I be also he's not. I don't. Even, I used to think that way, mm-hmm. but now I just think in a way of like. I feel like I just I, I've never been a father, but mm-hmm. like I just told somebody the other day, being thirty seven, if I had a kid tomorrow, I would be a better father than most people who had their kids at twenty three, twenty five. Oh, yeah. The reason yeah, being sure. is 
I got a lot of life out of the way mm-hmm. and a lot of things that people have to learn in the process while raising their right. kids. Mm-hmm. I've already went through it. That's I'm almost right. 40 years old. Right, right. So the playful shit, the, I, I already learned all that. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like when I have one, I'm going to be more settled in my be, spirit. Uh-huh. Right? I'm going to be more willing to be like, yo, this, 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 and that. That's right. You know you what I'm saying? Give, you can right. give more of yourself than give more of yourself to yourself. Exactly. Right. But for you, I wanted to, to try and find out, like, what do you feel like the biggest thing you learned or the, what made you stronger with him not like not having a father in the house like what attribute because some people I was talking about how not having a parent in the house mm-hmm. hurt them mm-hmm. but I also feel like there's a way to find strength in the things that were taken right, from you definitely um, I think what I what what made me stronger um, was knowing that he couldn't do what I do mm-hmm. um, even the situations just just being 20 years old mm-hmm. you know what I mean uh just talking to mom and like you know how was dad when I was born and mom had told me that your dad didn't see you until I was what eight nine months old mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. and so when she told me that I was like oh my god you know what I'm saying and yeah. versus me being a father you know I was there when my daughter was born in the hospital I was there to see her you know yeah. what I mean um I just think that for me I took from if you if you remember this like the the word love wasn't even used in our household. Well, I already said that too. You know, on one, uh, I remember doing that live show when they were. T- I was talking about how people were like, "Oh, you're not married. You don't have any kids." And I was like, "You know what? I didn't even see love growing. We didn't up. see love. You know, huh? No. Like we didn't see y'all didn't kiss see, a hug or him do n- nothing for you. you. We did not see the affections. Here of go, a my, man. I'm a t- let me let me interject real quick. My mom's. Like one of the most smartest retarded people you ever met. No, meet. she's the smartest, blindest person. Yeah, this she don't remember shit. It's like anything that happened negative in our in our upbringing. Yes. Like she don't remember p- being poor. No. I was like, do I need to take a pic? Huh? You don't remember being poor? Nigga, I can show I you. I think how. my definition of poor and your definition of only poor a is difference. different. Yeah, different. I, no, you, you, any, I only way we, we could have, be more poor was nigga had to be living under a bridge. <laughs> I don't understand what well, more oh, made a leaf palette. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't fucking know. Like I don't know what how much poor we could be for you to realize we were poor. What does poor mean to you, Mama? Yes, tell us this definition. Because I mean, we you was giving us your food, but, but the thing about it, you kept us rich. You kept us rich with love. You kept us with love. With with, with love. <laughs> with love. But we have had some very very challenging times. Yes. We have yes. lived in some very. Uh, Keep it real, Mama. What kind of fucked up places? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I ain't trying to use no dictionary words. <laughs> yes, where that I never grew up in. Yeah, you yeah. know. But I had to do what I had to do, and I worked multiple jobs yeah. yes, you did. to try to make sure that you had the things you needed and you looked like the other kids to where you wouldn't be made fun of or whatever. Yes, was it times that maybe I didn't eat so you all could eat? Yes. yes. Was it a time that I had to succumb and go and apply for food stamps to where yeah. I could? Yeah. You would have the 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 necessity food and then have some treats. I think that was I, my first time I, I selling drugs. That. 
Because when she came in, me and she said, here. And she gave me this brown coupon book. I was like, I don't know who the fuck you. But, th- I'm but, not going to the store with brown funny go. money. I can, I can remember you didn't want to go to the store. You At all. But give me the card. Eat. Give but me the EBT. Ate. Yeah, you didn't want to go to the store. And I remember mama having the coupon book. And uh, mama got out the car and she was like, I do not want to do this. I and we, walk, we walked into the store. And it was people that was paying with cash before her. Yeah. And when mama pulled it out, you could just see. Yeah. Embarrassment. Embarrassment. But and, and but the thing about it is, this is what I have to say. Mm-hmm. And this is this is this is the thing that gets me about men that have kids and aren't there. This was when it says that a man can save a family and he doesn't. He didn't save us. But and I, for I, and for that, hold on. For that, Mama was I a stri- the host. I, I'm, I'm told me to hold on. No, I'm fucking with you. Go ahead. But, hold on. <laughs> but, but, but for that, because then I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to say that the strength that I have as a man, it yeah. came from a woman. Yeah, it came from Mom. It's, it, I saw the times. You know, I can remember Mama. You know, saying about going and cleaning homes and stuff like that. You know, over mm-hmm. in Spring Lake Park and these different things that she did. See that stuff that you know that I don't know. Y- y- yeah, because right. that I wouldn't yeah, know. You, yeah, you you did. I was know. too young. Yeah. And so these things, you know, what I'm saying, I watched Mama just be tough and tall and go through these hard times, mm-hmm. and Daddy just wouldn't give a fuck yeah. and just be out. And so I sit there with the knowledge that I have and look at that and say, God, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but then you look at that. And then you look at where we are today. But I also you know? look at it like what you said, Mama. I can see why you felt like, oh, we weren't poor. Yes. And the reason I say that is because I remember talking to Jermaine one day when he was talking about something with Zanaya, which is his daughter, your granddaughter, and my niece. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out to you, Zanaya. But um, I remember telling Jermaine, I was like, you remember when we used to go to youth congress and convention? And we would go on all these trips. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we were staying in nice hotels with the rest of the church. But mm-hmm. when we was at home, I knew we was poor, yeah. but when we got out of town, I was like, "How are we staying here? How, the fuck How are we eating money? every day? Right. How do right. we have suits?" Right. And like you said, we were wearing what everybody was, else was yeah, wearing. Yeah. You That's made sure we weren't did. wearing payless shoes. We weren't wearing. So it's mm-hmm. like we were that we were poor, mm-hmm. but we didn't appear poor. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, it, did, and, yeah. and like you said, I do remember you doing those odd end jobs with the church and working mm-hmm, at the bank, mm-hmm. you know, trying your hand at the, you know, running the daycare center for a mm-hmm. few years and all of that stuff. So I see why you say you didn't see that. First of all, you, you worked so much, you really didn't have time to see it. But, but as a kid, for me, as anybody who knows me from listening to the podcast and like Jermaine, know, I've always been like, I've always wanted more. I always mm-hmm. wanted better. You I've always, always wanted more. I've always wanted better. And some people used to see me as, oh, you think you goody, goody, you think you better. But the people who knew me knew that I just came from nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't want to go back to nothing. Right, right, exactly. right, right When you right. live somewhere where it's like the floor creaks, the floor sinks, the shotgun house, <laughs> me and Jermaine sleeping in the same bed, yeah. heating the whole house with a stove, peeing in his nigga bed <laughs> like when I was a kid, hell, man. like peeing asking for me. his food, stealing mama food out the refrigerator. Like, yep. I ne- I, like, we were so stupid as kids. I remember my mama would be like, if this was if I got I'm holding a Sprite bottle for the people who can't see it's a 16 ounce Sprite bottle if mama had just brought a Sprite home which she liked to drink Pepsi back then 
and you put it in the refrigerator. She would probably drink hers to like right here. And she'd be like, Anthony Ray, do not drink out of this bottle. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would drink it to right there. And I'm thinking, she don't notice that. But as an adult myself, if I say or tell somebody don't touch mm-hmm. something, I know that it was at that nutrition facts mark. So when I come back in and if that bitch is at the calories mark, somebody been drinking my drink. But as a kid, you don't literally think like that. But we literally used to like fight tooth and nail to save this and save that mm-hmm. and like me and Jermaine say like we remember I remember going to to the school and being on free lunch they give you the smallest lunch and I remember people eating but not eating all their food mm-hmm. and I'm like yo motherfucker you, you done <laughs> yeah, with that, you done with that. <laughs> like you just throw that milk away give me that extra milk you know back in at Texas High you could go sit the milk up on the mm-hmm. thing for people who didn't drink them mm-hmm. I it, it to, bro it was some days where it's like I'm going to eat as much as I can here at school because I don't know what's going to be at home. I can remember when I was at Holland Park. That makes want to cry now. <laughs> no, well, don't. Well, right. look at, like but, you but, said, look at where we at now, though. Where we at now. But the thing about it is, is that I Both can remember. Both your eyes look like y'all smoked the blunt. <laughs> we ain't even talking about a hard story yet. But the thing about it, I can remember when I was at a Highland Park and Miss Guthrie was my math teacher. I remember Miss Guthrie. And uh, I was I always sat on the front row because mom was like, Jermaine, when you get in class, you need to sit on the front row. And I was like, shh, this day, yeah. we ain't had no breakfast. Boy, your stomach probably Boy, my right. stomach was growling like Harambe hitting on his chest. Miss <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Guthrie was like, Jermaine, come up front yeah. and get some of these cookies. And she gave me five cookies. Yeah. And I took back to my seat. I mean, because it was just going off. But if you think about that now, that she knew I was hungry. Yeah, She knew, you know what I'm saying, what yeah. was going on. But the 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 thing about it is, our pitfalls and our downfalls was because of daddy. But this is the thing, too. I don't even blame him. You got I mean, to. Well, I don't anymore because this is not what, now. But this is my motto, even with God and the devil. I say all the time, I'd be like, people give God too much glory and the devil too much blame. And I feel like, like I told you, shout out to Crystal, my, one of my homegirls. She told me a long time ago when I still was treating women mm-hmm. like they were useless. I just pick them up and put them down. And she was like, are you going to keep blaming what you what happened with you mm-hmm. and your dad? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. On why you can't be better. Mm-hmm. So for me, honestly, when I look at how hard our life was back in the day, he has something to do with it. But one thing that I respect about mama is she realized some of the mistakes she made and the decisions that she made. Because not being funny, she could have left him a long time ago. I remember mama coming to me mm-hmm. in eighth grade and she was like, what do you think if we moved to Dallas? Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck yeah, let's get the hell up out of here. I can go play football. I can do mm-hmm. all of this. Mm-hmm. But we didn't leave. Mm-hmm. So, but you still, and you also don't understand that because I remember, and mom, you probably remember, I remember coming home that day and I didn't know dad was back. And he was on the couch <laughs> in his underwear, drunk. And I walked in and I'm like, it's still a church. Just like I ain't a religious person. I'm like, there's still a godly house, right? Like, why does it smell like beer in this bitch? Yeah. And then in my mind, I was like, why does she let this nigga back in? And I remember going to my mom mm-hmm. and I said, it's either him or us. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, I thought he wasn't coming back. I, I remember having conversations. But as you too. get older, you realize she still wanted to be loved. Yep. She still wanted to be cared about. Mm-hmm. And it's all those things that I started learning about as you get older, and you be like, Damn, she put Damn. up with some shit. Yeah. I know I eat like a motherfucker. So I was like, how was you afford? Like, it's been times now where I've, I borrowed money from you. Mm-hmm. I borrowed money from you. And I'm like, what the fuck would I do with two kids eating right now? Mm-hmm. Two kids with no help. Mm-hmm. No help. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, and I've called you several times and I'm like, yo, ma, 
I love you. I just thought about this, 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 and I'll tell you a scenario, and I'll be like, you did that. Thank yeah, you I for mean, being who you were because there's no way that I would have made it to this point. But but going back onto the point where you were talking about that, why, she, her leaving him, you got to think, but that was a time and that was a generation where you didn't leave. You work through every situation. Like now you can just get a divorce. It's like, okay, life is better. Why live sad yeah. when you can just live happy? Jump so you, you have to look at that part right there. And that's the part that, that I understood. And I had conversations with dad and I never forget. I asked him, I was like, are you going to, are you going to stay now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got to the point where I was just like counting how many times he left. Like I was an inmate doing time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause it was like, God damn nigga. Like I just what kinda, you gonna do? Yeah, you know. I, I think for me, I used to when he would come back in, and I, I never cared about him because as I got older, I thought about it. I was like, I never really had a relationship with him. Mm-mm. I really never had like outside of like a kitty yeah. being a kid. Yeah. I never had a relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just kind of like, all right, whatever. Now, I wanna, but you gave me the most grief. I did about that. I remember being 12 and you taking us to Granny House, and I remember walking in and I saw the picture at Granny House. And it was like the family picture. And I do remember, I was like, I blame you. And I said, I think I started crying. I was like, you're the reason. Mm-hmm. You're the reason. You're the reason. And I didn't know no better. Mm-hmm. Shit. I don't, honestly, I was just a kid who was fucking hurt. Mm-hmm. I was hurt. I was right. like, all of this shit going on. Mm-hmm. We blowing up. We don't understand. We don't understand mm-hmm. what the hell. And that's why I think, uh, and honestly, as you get older, you realize why a lot of parents do stay in relationships and marriages that they don't want to be in because they the don't want child for the child. Because mm-hmm. not to be funny, somebody's going to get blamed. Exactly. Right. Whether they verbalize it or whether it's when it's time to go see daddy and you stay with daddy and it's time to come home and you say mm-hmm. I don't want to go home right now mm-hmm. that's choosing at that point right. yeah. and that's dangerous and it's detrimental to a lot of men and women who are married mm-hmm. or used to be married and got a divorce and have kids right well my thing was I never envisioned being divorced I loved I loved my ex-husband yeah. loved my ex-husband yeah. say, and I wanted so my, my family to stay together <laughs> yeah. and so yes and then the church that we were in did not at that time believe in divorce yeah and so i'm trying to keep my family together because his family his dad his dad's dad his brothers his uncles they all divorced mm-hmm. and so i was like you can break this generational curse mm-hmm. of divorcing you know we work together and i thought for years i thought we had the best relationship yeah. i thought we communicated well and, yeah. and you know i was always trying to support him and push him to do this and to be that, yeah. to have things. But he didn't, we didn't have the same goals and desires. Yeah. We were mm-hmm. actually, as the old cliche says, born on the other side of the track. Yeah. He was on the other side of the track yeah. and I was on the, oh, I'm on the other was, side. Yeah. You know, and my parents, I grew up with parents where my mom never worked. My daddy always had a full-time and a part-time job. Yeah. He didn't want my mama to work. Yeah. And so the, the work ethics and the strength and stuff that I have was taught to me by yeah. my father. Mm-hmm. His daddy was so busy working and running women. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he picked up on. His uncles did yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so it just comes to a point where I had to realize it's not worth it. And you look at your history. Like I remember before Papa passed away, as I started to kind of engage with him. And I remember taking Artesia down a few times when we were still together. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, that's why y'all like all these women. <laughs> and that's why y'all fuck with all these white women and Mexican women. Cause your whole, all the men in your family have been married. God knows how many times they done had, I don't know how many women they done. And, and when you go back mm-hmm. and you look and you be like, damn, 
but not to be funny because we didn't have a father. We didn't know who the fuck we were. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of learning just, this shit on the, yeah, on the rip. Right, now I want right. I want to twist it because to me this ain't a a, a daddy bad. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. So that's like right. I, I don't talk to him. You know I don't have no hard feelings towards him because I forgave him a long time ago. I've turned my own life into what I wanted to that's be. That's right. But I did want to talk to you, mom, about like church was a big part of our life growing up. Church was a big light, a big part, or is a big part of a lot of black people's lives, mm-hmm. and it's a and it's a big part of our lives that sometimes is detrimental. Mm-hmm. And it's a big part of our lives that sometimes steers us in the wrong direction. Right. What do you, no regrets, but what do you feel like you would have changed if you had somebody like who you are now talking to you and mentoring you back then? I would have um, completed my degree (laughs) as I started college um, after giving birth to Jermaine Mm -hmm. at the age of 18. I did go to college that next uh, spring. Mm -hmm. I would have told myself, keep going. Yeah. Don't get married. You know, keep dating him, but don't get married. Finish your degree. And then have your own mind or pray for understanding of what's being preached to you. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. get so caught up in feelings and emotions and thinking that a um, pastor and wife are on a God pedestal to where you believe everything they say and mm-hmm. it's, you know, the gospel. Yeah. So now I realize that that was a a 21 year mistake that I made of staying in something Mm -hmm. that long being led by people that they did the best they could. Yeah. You know, so I don't fault them for that. Because none of us know shit. Exactly. Really? Exactly. Mm -hmm. But I fought myself when I did uh, feel the nudge or when I came in contact with my uh, biological father, we began to have um, her prayer and Bible study via the phone and I started praying and asked God to give me the revelation and understanding of what I'm reading I should have left when I got the revelation that I don't need to be here anymore this is not for me nothing wrong with what they're doing but I don't believe in all of these all of the practices anymore. Yeah. It's a it was a great place to get a good foundation about the Bible. Yeah. You know, and about God and Jesus and what's the expectations. But then it was once you get that, you need to move on. Yeah. Some people need to move on, and feel, I should have moved on. And these are like to the point questions because we got about thirty more minutes. Okay. But I want to get some questions in. Okay. Do you feel like religion robbed you of anything anytime to, throughout your life? You don't have to explain to us. Just do you feel like it robbed you of anything? Religion, yes. Yeah. Spirituality, no. No. Do you feel like religion rely or the docket? Uh, what is it? The doctrine. doctrine. Do you feel like the doctrine we were taught being brought up robbed you, Jermaine, of anything? I think I got out early enough. You know, at twenty, I was twenty-one. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like I was right now. Meaning, yeah, you, you remember years like before either one of y'all was like whatever. I think I was like fifteen, sixteen, and I was like. Yo, this is some bullshit. Oh, I know. Like, why are we going to church every like Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Sunday night, Tuesday for choir rehearsal, mm-hmm. Wednesday for church, yeah. Thursday for choir rehearsal. We was in the youth choir, so we yeah. travel. We literally, my nigga Spider, we would get out of school we, at go, noon, at, yeah. go, travel like it was a football trip, yeah. go sing at a church, come yeah. back, go to church on Saturday, and yeah. start all over again. We had one 
fucking dating ourselves week. during the week. I think you know what I was. It was what kind of God was we fucking? Turning? I told Mama. I was like, Mama, as soon as I turn eighteen, I graduate. I'm not going to uh, church. I'm out of this bitch. I'm. I, I'd never forget that. So well, it was you stayed long. Then Anthony Anthony Ray was really gone. When he mm-hmm. when he left, he left. I was done. I think I stayed for because of my friendships that I had. Yeah. Because Bo and them was still there, you know, Lynn Charles, everybody was still there, you know. Mm-hmm. So I stayed there, but I never forget that I, well, the day that I was done is when their car broke down over there at uh, Lennon House. House yeah. And then I went to him. So I, just talk, I just talked to Artesia about that. I was telling her about that day. I was like, I remember I was drive, dropping off the Deacons kids mm-hmm. and my car fucked up. And they just left me outside. Like, I remember him coming home and he told his kids, come on inside. Anthony, call, you called me. I was out of town or something. I don't know. And I called. Cause I was I like, hey, the car you. ain't working. Yeah, I was like, I yeah. need somebody to come get me. And I but he didn't even, like, when he came in, when the deacon, the, the church we grew up with, when he came in, he literally was like, told his kids to go in the house. And he was like, why are you here? And I was mm-hmm. like, my car is fucked up. I just brought your kids home. But my car is now. They just walked in the house, bro, and left me just outside. Left, yep. So I was like, "Fuck these niggas! Fuck this church! Yeah. Fuck the Jesus shit! Yep. Fuck all of this shit!" Mm-hmm. And I was more of a person who I'm more of a person. If like you tell me something, I need it to be explained to me why, why mm-hmm. I can and why I can't. If you can't explain that to me, it's poppy crap. So and yeah. when people would be like, "Don't use the Lord's name in vain," when niggas used to say, "Don't say Candyman," I was the nigga that would go in there and lock the door and say, "Candyman, Candyman, <laughs> Candyman," and Jermaine would be like, "Chill out." <laughs> Him and Demond, chill out. Yeah. Quit saying that. I was the same nigga that said when they said, "Don't say fuck God, fuck Jesus." It's blasphemy. Where the lightning bolts at? Because none of that was true. None of the shit was fucking none true. Of, none of now I ain't gonna go around true. disrespecting other people's beliefs right. and saying it. I know my mom still believes, but I'm making a a point. A point. Like people are so fearful, they won't even let mm-hmm. shit slip from their lips. Mm-hmm. And then we used to believe in so much, and it's crazy. You think about the people who are back at that church. You can't tell me. I won't name names, but the people who were th- our age when we were yeah. kids, we doing way better than they did at this point in their life and, and it, better than what they're. a lot of them are doing right now. It's so crazy. I told mom, I said, mom, I was on Facebook. I talked to, uh, and I say her name. No. Her last name. <laughs> no. But anyway, I talked to her. <laughs> so, I don't need no she, fucking holy rollers coming for my show. <laughs> so, so she was like, you know what? I'll never go to church again and let my daughter be sad that I did not take her to a school event. Yeah. I, I text her. I said, I already say, know you're talking about now. Yeah. I said, say, do not ever put the church before yourself or your kids. Your kids. The church is last. And everybody will tell you that the church is number one. It's not. It's a building. And the people in there, they are not living abundant lives. And what they're taking you through, your life will not be lived abundantly. Church. You keep on messing with Church was Instagram before Instagram. What I mean by that? When yes, you're on Instagram, yeah, everybody looks out. like they're doing yeah, great. Yeah, it's yeah. a great time, and it's like a bunch of smi- smiles, but it's, mm-hmm. it's anger and hurt behind that. Behind Church that. used to be the same shit, and as we got older, especially around our teenage years, we started hearing about deacons and preachers and other people mm-hmm. sneaking around, sleeping, sleeping with people, and we like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Or we was, you know, in the black community, a lot of churches, maybe not now because I don't go to church, so I can't speak for it now. But growing up back when we were, a lot of them would tell you, don't do this, don't do that, don't have sex. But you knew niggas was fucking because first time they start fucking, they get pregnant. You're not saving Mm -hmm. kids by saying don't do because Mm -hmm. God will keep you. Right. You save kids by explaining to them what sex is, when you should have it, how you should have it, what's safe, what doesn't, and protect yourself and how to go about doing that the thing about it the church should be the number one uh i guess community healer 
And what I mean by that, the community outreach programs type, yeah. you because you 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 have so many people there. How are you using your voice? You're yeah. not teaching them about finances. You're not teaching them about you know. Some churches do. Some churches do, but I'm just saying, like as a whole, like you don't get to see that. A lot of churches don't do that, especially country yeah. churches. They is not going. Yeah. They they want to get your money, going to a lot of attention. They are not teaching these life skills like they should when you have that many people attending. Yeah, they're sure. not teaching you how to date. They're they, not teaching you nothing. And, and that's something that's a reality that needs to be taught. You need to teach people how to date. I I remember um, one minister said, you don't know who you want to marry until you're about 30. And that's correct. Yeah. Because like you said earlier, Anthony. I don't know Anthony, who I want to marry to why, test wait a minute, wait, Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to agree. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, as you said earlier, Anthony, that you know you have lived and you have done th- some things and you have experienced some yeah. things to where now you are more rounded and you know how to choose. You know what you're looking for. Yeah. You know what you want and what you don't want. Yeah. And so, getting you know a, a lot of kids don't, and that's why you have a lot of uh, divorces. Yeah. What was the hardest part about to get back, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit to let people know who we are? Mm-hmm. What was the hardest part about raising Jermaine? And then you can answer that for me. Raising. Tell the truth, mama. Like, what, tell the truth. Raising Jermaine. Tell like, the truth. Why the hell t- many problems? Tell the truth. There we go. Okay. Right. Cause he was a <laughs> yes, ma'am, and pleasing, but you know, but what, what do you think? I found out later that he was doing other things. Yeah, that nigga was doing a lot of other shit. <laughs> Jermaine was just sneaky. But you? <laughs> yeah, because I didn't believe in sneaking. I was just like, I'm going to do this. Well, we still on Jermaine before okay. we get to that. <laughs> okay. What was the, well, okay, so if it wasn't, if he wasn't a hard okay, child to raise. Okay, I can tell you one of the most difficult times of raising Jermaine was. I know what you are about, <laughs> about to say. Was when um, he was probably about 16 or 17 and, um, your dad and I had, um, we were separated. We yeah. hadn't divorced. And so this was one of the times where he was coming back. Yeah. And so he's going to tell me on the way to school that I should um, not be, what'd you say? Think with my I said, head. Think with your head heart. And, and not, not my your, head. Mm-hmm. And then he made another statement about <laughs> trying to tell me what I should be doing. And I said, what? Yep. I just reached out and slapped him in his mouth. Just like a slave master. <laughs> <laughs> I got tired of I got tired of seeing her go through that shit with him. Yeah. And but then, you were out of your place. But check this out. With the way you said. You wasn't at the house mm-hmm. though. Cause we finna go ahead and add to this. But the, at the end I was right though. Because so? <laughs> because he tried to go to what, the twenty year reunion? High school reunion. High school reunion. Uh huh. Where them keys at? I got I grabbed a key because I knew what he was doing. Yeah. And so mama asked him, like, Am I not going? Am I not going? And he no. said no. And he told you who he was taking. No, because she paid for everything. Yes. She bought the shirt. So, so uh, well, no. y'all getting kind of deep. I didn't know where I was going with this. <laughs> no, no, so this uh, But I, I get what you're saying. Go so, ahead. Yeah, so 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 uh, you know, he acted he acted a fool. Um, and so mama, so I went and got that thing. And so mom was like, Jermaine, no, like you have, you're about to graduate. You will not go nowhere if you do this. You know what I'm saying? That's why I say I really can't talk to him. Right. Like even when Jermaine has made strides and moving forward with him, for me, he's called. It's, and when he called, I just be like, like the fucked up part about being a father is 
The nigga has never called on a birthday since he's been gone. Never. But the nigga called me last year, <clears throat> three, four days before my birthday. Nigga didn't talk nothing about my birthday because he didn't know. <laughs> didn't know. My birthday. So we didn't talk long because I'm like, what the fuck is this nigga calling me for? And then my birthday came and it was like, boop, nothing. So for me, when he tries to reach out to me, I'm kind of like, at, like I don't need anything from you mm-hmm. now. All mm-hmm. the lessons I l- needed to learn, I got shot, stabbed, cut in life because you weren't there. Mm-hmm. So those wounds have healed. So what do I need you for? And I have more than you will ever have at this point in my life. See, yeah. now now he was, and the one to say, like, we're not going to talk about it, but the thing about it, why it's going to come up in our life, it's going to come up because that was our beginning seed of life. Mm. You could never, ever get away from how you grew up. Now, we still got, we got about 15 more minutes. No, so I'm I good. Get, I was I, just saying, you know. So what was, so you said it wasn't really much hard about him. And Jermaine was a good kid growing up. I remember telling Artesia a few times, I was like, he never really cussed. The only time he cussed was when James Hawkins fell on you playing football. <laughs> and he said, get out of me, you fat piece of shit. <laughs> and everybody was just like, did he just cuss? Because he never fucking cussed. So for you, Ma, mm-hmm. like raising me, what mm-hmm. was the, <laughs> what was, Which one? Well, <laughs> it was a multitude. His tr- Anthony's troubles was like Jesus with those three fish and five loaves of bread. They kept giving. It never ended. <laughs> so what was, you can name one or two, but name the thing, what was the hardest thing about raising me? And then to see me now, like, did you ever think that I would get to this point? Oh, or where yes. did you think I would end up at? I knew both of y'all would because that was the desire that I had for you all. Mm-hmm. You know, each one of y'all are different, but you both have those different qualities of being a leader, mm-hmm. of being someone that's tenacious, being intelligent. I knew that you would be something. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew that. It's just the fact that you were a little more rough around the edges and you always uh, challenged everything, mm, you know? Everything. And so if, if I said, Anthony, go over and sit down and um and be still for me. Well, I got to go over there and sit down. So <laughs> it was, <laughs> well, how long I got to sit over here? You know, so, but that was okay because I realized that you all were different. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so I accepted the challenge. Yes, did I have to take you to the wall? Yes, did you get more whoopings? Yes, did you get chest ass more? Yes, but I think that made you who you are. Yeah to where you won't take anything. Yeah. But you finally learn that there's give and take in life. Mm-hmm. You know? So I won't say that um either one of y'all gave me any troubles because I ain't been to the to the jail. Yeah. You know, y'all haven't been locked up, you know. At one you time, know, but it well, wasn't my fault. Uh, well you well, know, that, those are minor things. Yeah, yeah those are minor things. Oh, it wasn't mine in the mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was not mine in the mind. I mean, it wasn't like that you robbed, steal. No, I was just black. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just like a over the weekend thing that seemed longer. But no, um, <laughs> you know, when I look at it, you know, it was a joy. Yeah. You know, I love being a mom, you know. So it was a joy, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I can say that even though we had some meager small as you say poor beginnings mm-hmm. but i realized once i was able to get the strength to divorce i can't say god took us from height to height to height yeah, definitely. we we had the best house that we ever had mm-hmm. after my divorce mm-hmm. you know Life what i'm saying sweeter and each house that i've had since then it's always been better yeah. mm-hmm. jobs 
each job that I had mm-hmm. after that has been better. I'm mm-hmm. on the cusp of something mm-hmm. greater now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all things are forced to look at and learn and go through. Would I change anything? Here's a few things I would have changed. I would have got divorced earlier or I would have never married him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I did. And had I not married him, I wouldn't have you all. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to complain, yeah. you know. So How did you deal with... Um Cause I'm pretty sure depression came at some point. Has mm-hmm. it ever been a point in time where you felt like you dealt with depression, but you didn't know what it was or how to handle it. And the reason I ask you that is because coming from church and religion and our background, like it's kind of like, did, I don't even know if they ever taught y'all how to deal with that shit. Cause it was kind of like, God will provide God with this. Right. So That's how did you was. deal with yep. having two kids, you know, working two and three jobs and doing everything you were doing and still be able to keep it moving? At that, back in those days, I really didn't have time to be depressed. Yeah. You know, um, if I had a depressed moment, it was when I actually had to divorce because that was like a death to me yeah. because I did love him. It's like, what I'm going to do next? How am I going to raise these kids? Yeah. You know, so I, I, if I had depression, it would have been at that time. Yeah. Or when I had to have a partial hysterectomy and then a total hysterectomy and those kind of times, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then sometimes even now, I don't say I get depressed yeah. to where I need some clinical help yeah. or medication. But, it hits us but sometimes it does yeah, because yeah, I would have never dreamt right. that I would be single yeah. 19 years later, yeah. that I would still be single. Yeah. And my kids are grown. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what I'm, you know, what what's you I'm going to do? Yeah. do? Right. But you know what? I think we all start to think that because I even think like that now because I'm like, okay, I'll be 37 next month. Right. No kids, know, no whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, ah. You do start to think, okay, am I supposed to continue doing this? Because as guys, we think differently. Like, you know, not being arrogant, it's like, I I could have a different woman every night in my bed yeah, if I want right. to. Yeah. But at a certain age, you like, get tired of I don't it's choose. Old. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You you want somebody you can trust. You want somebody mm-hmm. you can depend on. Mm-hmm. They can depend on you mm-hmm. and you build something. Mm-hmm. And I, t- I said it on the podcast, but I was watching True Detective the first season and Woody Harrelson made a us. Um, he was talking about his partner and he mm-hmm. said, they asked him, do we have any kids? And he's like, he doesn't have any kids. But mm-hmm. he said, I've always said a man past a certain age with no kids and no family can become dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really mm-hmm. grasp that, but I was just like, you have nothing to live for. Mm-hmm. At a certain age, outside of your own doing, mm-hmm. you, you literally have right. nothing to live for. Right. And, yeah, and yeah, a lot of times I wake sure. up in the morning and I'm like, okay, we got the business. Mm-hmm. We got some money coming in here. We got some money coming in here. Mm-hmm. I got a day job. I went to school. Mm-hmm. And you kind of be like, okay, I got my college degree. What else am I doing now? That's right. Like, how What's many bitches next? can you fuck? Right. How much money can you make? Right. All before it's like, but okay. But I feel like that too, even though I have, you know, 17-year-old daughter, like, I feel that same way too. I feel like, you know, what am I doing? Because I'm going through just the, the my routine, mm-hmm. my regimen. Every single day I wake up, I go to work. I, you know, I come home, I hang out, I, I do this. There is no where I can be held accountable or be able to count on somebody. Mm-hmm. But at a time when, when the right person comes along, it, it'll change. Yeah. But as long as that that's what you know that you desire, it'll mm-hmm. happen. But sometimes I think that you have to travel that road and for me i've been like this since 2010 yeah so that's a long time you know like what single yeah been single for since 2010 since you know and it's like you know and i talked to a woman today and she was like dang do you want to even be with somebody you had your i've the single life owes me nothing yeah and that's that's my thing because you'll still you'll do the same thing over and over again you can pause for three months yeah and then you stay single and then you get back out there yeah 
like you say, fucking like just doing a, everything. A rat on a wheel. But I, I think, right. I think dating for me, like I, I haven't really done dating. I, I I talk to Artesia a lot, and I tell her just about good women in general. But then I speak about you, and I say it's harder for women like you. It's harder for women like Artesia. Mm-hmm. It's harder for any woman that's wholesome, because the way the world is created now, everything is okay. Yep. And I feel like uh, Charlemagne has said this all last year on his Breakfast Club show and even on his podcast. As adult, I mean, as human beings, we do kind of have too much range to do whatever. Yeah. And over the last five to ten years with the feminist movement and the, the gay movement mm-hmm. and every other movement that I think everybody has a right to be who they are. Mm-hmm. But if you have a right to be who you are, that's fine. But I think what's happened is all these movements have tried to force feed the middle people who are still moving with structure. Mm-hmm. To be like, you better or you should. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't have to accept that. Mm-hmm. I can be okay with you doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's like everybody as well as they're trying to get a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. They're also trying to feed you their shit. Mm-hmm. You sit at the table with your motherfucking plate. And if you want to feed somebody who agrees with that, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of fucked up in the, in this day and time of dating because... If you're wholesome and you have any kind of standards, mm-hmm. you're dealing with more people. It's a lot of other people who are dating and wholesome have standards, mm-hmm. but they're not displaying that mm-hmm. because they realize in a way that that's not the way you're going to get anybody now. Mm-hmm. But the fucked up part about it is you're still not getting anybody that you really want mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're acting like somebody exactly. that you're not. Exactly. Right, right, right. So I feel for, like I say, the good women, and I always think about that with you. You know, you've dated several people. You've been in relationships. You've been engaged every since dad but it's like nothing has went the way you wanted it to go and i feel like the number one reason is because you have still standards no standards that at this point they're kind of outdated right but what do you do if you have standards and morals that are this mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i think about all of that I, I i hope all of that changes i know we don't have the most time but before i get before we get out of here mm-hmm. um i want to say i think the relationship that and we can all talk about whatever before we get out of here. But the reason I love the relationship that me and my mom have now at this time is I think this is we've always kind of been able to talk to each other about shit because I've always been honest and open about it. I'll kind of, you know, set you up and say, hey, this is what's about to be said. But I think at this point in our time in our lives, we talk, we make each other laugh. We have an understanding of each other. Back in the day, you used to try to you still tried to put me in a box based on your upbringing as far mm-hmm. as religion. Mm-hmm. But I think you learned and you're like we had a talk last year. and You was like, am I a bad mother or was I a bad parent? And I was mm-hmm. like, no, you weren't. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, you did the best that you could do with what you knew. Exactly. At that point in time. Exactly. But I've been able to see the growth in who you've become mm-hmm. even now. You know what I'm saying? And I like who I am now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And 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 like even with Jermaine, it's like we've had we've you already know me and Jermaine, we always fought <laughs> Thor and Achilles. <laughs> I mean, it's like we always fought. So for me and him, it's like to be at this point in time where it's like now we can have a conversation. He can call me. We can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. We can talk about whatever we want to talk about. And it's OK. I think it, it, it sucks that. A lot of times you come to conclusions or you become better later in life, but that's life. But that's right. how it's supposed to happen. Yeah. No. I just feel like it could have been, you know, I, I feel like minus church, I feel, I feel like minus your the bad marriage, we could have been here a long time ago. I'm going to tell you something. Mom went through all of that. Just like when presidents, they say 10 years after a president, you can only see what he's done, how good it is. Oh, yeah, I know. After mom went through that. You see how good she's done by what we've done. Yeah. That's where you're at. You can't, yeah. you, everything happens at its right time. Yeah. And we're at the right time. Because one one plug I want to put in here. Um, 
Plug it in. Growing up at the church, Mm -hmm. they always try to, at certain times, some people make you all be the worst kids, especially Anthony. And and they spoke so negatively of you. Mm -hmm. But I didn't believe that. But sometimes I was silent because of the position maybe I had or whatever. Most definitely. Hush. But um, I am so glad to say and proud to say, and yes, I said proud, because my kids have degrees. And I am so glad to say, even though they got them later in life, but they have those things. They're on jobs. They're working on careers. And I'm thank God I'm not having to go put some money on somebody's book and mm-hmm. they down for 10, 15, 20 years mm-hmm. or life sentences, you know. But looking back in hindsight, uh, they thought that Anthony Ray was going to yeah. be mm-hmm. that candidate. Why the fuck? I, and that's the thing. It's so fucking. It's so goddamn funny when I think about all of this. I'm like, why was everybody almost banking on me to fail? Because you was Rambo. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> like you, because like, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You uh, remember Jermaine taking up for me? I remember you. And I'm like, why motherfuckers? Don't, mm-hmm. I mean, not being funny. Mm-hmm. Me and Artiz talk about that now. I'd be like, I'm cool with so many people. Me and Spider talk about that, and I'd be like, I'm cool with so many people. But it's also a lot of people. You could tell in the language or the way they do mm-hmm. business that they fear me. They're scared of me. We've had mm-hmm. several people come on here that's with us with the podcast, and they'd be like, I'm intimidated by you, and I'm like. I'm the goofiest motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm cool. I ain't, you know, if you don't come at me with no action, I'm good. But that's the judgment state. People always judge you. That was always yeah. my yeah. backing. Like, you know what I'm saying? For me, there's like, you know, me, I never did have that. But I'm more laid back and I'm yeah. more stealthy. Because I know Where, niggas used to come to me and be like, go here. I'd be like, nigga, you ain't my daddy. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> that was that me. was the thing about it. They wanted you to be... Like society, you know, you had to, if you go for a white collar job, you have to look this way. Yeah. Well, you, you didn't look that way. Yeah. And so they always wanted you to look that way. Yes. They wanted you. Me, I wasn't in a box, but just my style of person who I am. Yeah. I just fit that. You were more agreeable. You know, whether you agree with everything, you were more agreeable and went along with it where he, 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 uh uh-uh, why? Uh, I was silent though. I did my stuff yeah. in the dark. Like nobody yeah. knew what I was doing. Yeah. I was doing. Well, I'm gonna my tell stuff. this one story before I get out of here. <laughs> okay. So I remember telling. I, I think I was watching. Was I watching something the other day? And I said, and I compared it. Was what was I watching? Was it Snowfall? But I was watching something, and I never forget. You know, you talk about oh Jermaine was this, and I was like, okay, this was the same <laughs> nigga that gave me my first alcoholic beverage before I was of legal age. This also was the same nigga that went. A girl called him one time looking for him when I walked in the room to hand this nigga the phone. He was eating pussy of another woman on the bed. And I'm like, how are you trying to tell? Everybody talked about me. Everybody talked about me. But Jermaine was the nigga. i never forget Jermaine came. We I've just got a job at the hospital. And Jermaine had been working at the hospital for a long time. We got about two minutes. Working at the hospital. Jermaine, a doctor came. A doctor Came in and was like, I heard you messed with. And it wasn't even his wife. It was somebody else I think a doctor was messing with. And Jermaine had smashed. And he was like, I heard you messed with this person. And he's like, what did you do? And Jermaine was like, she she shined my something. And he was like, huh? He was like, she slid my knob. He was like, what? He's like, nigga, she sucked my dick. I was like, what the fuck? Everybody talks about me. This nigga, same nigga. When we was living in the hood, you was asleep. Jermaine came home late. He knocks on my window, come open up the door. I'm sleeping on the couch. I open up the door. He has his work shirt on. 
Why well, look like somebody shot this nigga with a super sucker, but it was nut all over his shirt. I said, <laughs> did you not have a towel? He's like, can you let me in <laughs> What have you been doing? You come in knocking on the window to let me let you in at 2 in the morning with a shirt full of plaster. So everybody talking about me. The difference between me and Jermaine, I did the shit in your face. This nigga was Batman. You've been listening to The Reality Is Where Filter Becomes This Thing. I want to say, Spider, thanks again for, for, for running the board. Mom, thanks for coming out. Yes. I know you had to drive 30 minutes to get out here, Jermaine. Same. Thanks for coming out, man. Yes, sir. This is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is. Arteezy was in the background chilling. But we want to say thanks for listening. This is episode 258. This is the end of the first series. And we'll continue rolling later on into next month. And Freaky Fridays will start back in October. So if you know anybody who's willing to talk freaky, you know any strippers, like I said last season, if you know any whores, send them to right. info at the reality. You know something? I got you. All right. Send us to info at the reality is.com. That's info at the reality is.com. That's T-H-A, the reality is.com. Always remember to inhale curse to excel success. These episodes will drop on Sunday. We'll see y'all next week. We out of here. for listening to The Reality Is, a Roberts Media Group production recorded at NZ Studios. Our team includes Mike Zavala, Spider the DJ, and the RMG Podcast Network. For more information, please visit robertsmediagroup.co. One time drink. I see you in this yeah, moment. No, that was dope. That was really good. That's what I'm talking about. That was nothing for my end. That's what I'm saying. Nothing. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.